Flame Labs. This is State of Demand Gen. Hey everyone, it's Chris Walker and welcome back to the State of Demand Gen podcast. If you haven't heard already, we are back for season two of Demand Gen Live featuring Megan Bowen at 7.30 p.m. Eastern, 4.30 Pacific. We are leaning in hard to the AMA style. So what that means is that we will set the floor with a couple key topics, timely, relevant experiments that we literally just ran this morning that we figured something out that we can share with you. And then we'll transition to the AMA style. So you get on, you ask your question. A lot of other people, demand marketers, salespeople are on there asking questions. You can learn a lot, get to meet people, build a little community, maybe get a new job. Whatever you want to accomplish, we're doing it in Demand Gen Live. So we'd highly encourage you to check it out. And now to this episode. I appreciate you spending just a few minutes with us. We, Chris and I have this idea of doing a podcast. We, we've recorded a couple episodes already. Um, our, our idea is, is really to focus on like robots and, you know, we have a lot of connections. We have, mm-hmm. um, we have a relative, um, respect within like our, our, our network that will allow us to, to talk to like some CEOs of some, you know, pretty big companies and, mm-hmm. you know, startups that have a lot of, a lot of seed funding, a lot of series A funding, you know, a lot of like a lot of companies like that that were, we were, we were kind of like, well, look, we have a great network. Why don't we yeah. interview people that we would want to have a beer with since we can't have a beer with them right now. And then let, you know, people listen to their thoughts. And, you know, I think we're still kind of figuring out our exact, like, what are we asking? What do we want people to get out of this? And what is our exact mm-hmm. target market? Um, I think our, you know, the, like at the beginning, at the beginning, it's just go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you'll, you'll learn it on the fly. Like we didn't have everything figured out in episode one. We didn't even really know how to record. Yeah. You know what I mean? So um, the thing that people don't understand is as you, you develop the strategy as you do it. Yeah. So people get like too, um, too invested in the strategy, which then prevents them from actually doing anything. Do you think it's more important to focus on the people that you're going to be interviewing? Um, I mean, the people definitely matter, but I, it's, it's literally just get into the motion. Yeah. What I mean, like if it doesn't matter if you get the top CEO at the company that you want or somebody that's a product manager, that's way below at a smaller company that you don't necessarily want. It's just start going yeah. like mm-hmm. people. If you want to get the CEO, sometimes they're not going to be on the your episode one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I wouldn't get too caught up in, in to be frank, any of the details. Like you have, you laid out, we want to be in robotics. We want to talk about these people. We want to share our thoughts over time. You're going to figure out better questions, how to know when you see a guest, what topic to cover. Those are all intuitive things that you pick up. I, I think for us, like we were, we looked at it like in a, in a couple of ways we said, well, well, first of all, neither of us are really that like, you know, um, captivating at this point in time or interesting to truly gather, you know, an audience, you know, I think like, you know, while we both think, we both think highly of, of ourselves, we, we're not, you know, we're not that interesting, but we have, we know a lot of interesting people. So, you know, let's know. not make I'll a podcast stop you up. Though on that one. Like 18 months ago, I said the same thing to myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? I literally was typing things in LinkedIn to go and, yeah. put, and before I post them, I was like, there's enough people posting it about marketing on LinkedIn. Nobody cares what I think. And then you do it and you're like, wow. Yeah. And so yeah. I wouldn't underestimate you guys are both in that space and you're both really smart people. I wouldn't underestimate how much you know and who would want to hear it. 
And I think that that's hopefully like, that's like step two. And we kind of looked at like how we can bridge to getting to a point where, you know, it's going to be kind of, yeah. So I I see where you're going here because there's two paths you can take. You can be the host of the party or you can be the keynote speaker. I think initially you want to go host, right? You want to go and interview people. And then at some point, if you have a base collection of knowledge that you can actually become the keynote speaker on your own podcast while you build the audience. Yep. I think think that's that's definitely... That's our thought. I mean, we kind of looked at it like we know a few people we think will get us to that spot and then we're not going to go hit the home run on the first one. Let's get a few under our belt. Then, you know, we have a strategy on the next ones that we want to bring in. Mm-hmm. You know, are you doing like I, I watch a lot of your a lot of your LinkedIn posts mm-hmm. um, is the where else do you post your podcast? I know LinkedIn is a primary, you know, is your avenue. Are you posting and hosting everything on LinkedIn? LinkedIn becomes the highlight reel. Okay. Right. So when basically like we record all of this and I do this depending on how busy I am three to eight times a week. Right. Uh, And then we all gets recorded and then somebody else will log the footage and say, Hey, like this, when you said this for two minutes, this was good. And then they'll go and edit that. And then I can figure out what to write and copy on LinkedIn. That's basically the LinkedIn strategy. You can take the long forms and put them on YouTube. Just don't expect for it to drive an actual impact straight away. Like YouTube is a saturated platform. It's search only. It's hard to build an audience. It's just mature. So I put it there as a repository because we already have it and it's easy to upload, but we don't expect a lot. Like we've been posting on YouTube and I have a large following in other channels and we have like 500 subscribers on YouTube. Right. So description after this, something to think about. Um, and then, and then on podcast, sorry. Um, and then on podcast, we record the zoom, we'll rip the audio. And then at the beginning, we just literally ripped the audio and posted it. Now we have like a couple editing things, but again, like don't let quality get in the way. Like the first videos I posted on LinkedIn looked terrible. The first podcast that we published were, were not edited. We're not that good. The things on YouTube, we're not good looking. It's just like, you got to get started. You figure it out as you go. Where do you post the audio? Um, so we use a tool called anchor. There's plenty of them. I just find anchor to be the easiest one. Anchor.fm. Yep. Um, and then we, the main channels that we publish on, we, it goes out to like eight or 10, but like Spotify and Apple own that market. Yeah. And so, and then we find Spotify is better analytics than Apple. Um, but we get most of our viewership through Apple. Just another, another nuance. Where is LinkedIn when you show your highlight reel? I mean, they obviously get great traction. Are you getting even more on the audio on the other end or is like your highlight reel getting a a lot, a lot of, a lot more love? The podcast, the podcast is a, is a slow burn. LinkedIn's kind of a slow burn too, but like, um, link, I have more viewership on LinkedIn. If you look at like just gross numbers, Yep. But I believe that the podcast, there's a different type of impact. The impact of someone watching a two minute video versus consuming 60 minutes mm-hmm. of you talking is completely different. Sure. And so yep. you don't need as you don't need as many yeah. people to listen to that podcast to have dramatic, more of a dramatic impact. And yep. so at the beginning, and I just like, there's no data to back this. I just like talk to a lot of people and qualitatively feel it at the beginning. LinkedIn yeah. drove everything. Cause I knew when people came in, they were like, um, I've been watching your LinkedIn posts or I've been watching your LinkedIn for, you know, three months. And then they'll start talking in the, in the language that I would use in a post. Right. And so mm-hmm. that's how I knew LinkedIn was working. And now it's transitioned over the past three months to, I was listening to your podcast and yep. I was listening to this episode. And so you can just kind of feel how the, the it's shifting. But both are huge opportunities right now. The thing is that one feeds the other. Like if I didn't have the LinkedIn stuff, then the podcast wouldn't be doing as well. 
Mm -hmm. Like LinkedIn has become a place where we can use it to acquire new subscribers. Right. To the podcast. Yeah. And you're saying that you're, you know, you're posting or you're recording, you said like three to five times a week, if I heard you correctly. Three to eight. Three Um, to eight. Yeah. And it's, it's opportunistic, right? Um, so we do the, the live on Tuesday nights, which is on my calendar every night. We've been doing it for, this will be 42 weeks in a row. Wow. And so I always have at least one, right? And that one's usually long. So it, even if I didn't do anything else, I would have enough micro highlights for LinkedIn through the rest of the week because it's like a 60, mm-hmm. 90 minute show. The rest are kind of like, I see someone post something, I like what they said, and then I just DM them and say, hey, we'd love to have you on this podcast. Like, let's talk about this. You get a a yes, like 95% of the time, as long as the person isn't like way out of the stratosphere. Mm -hmm. Um, And so... Interesting. So you pull some of that content from people that you actually see on LinkedIn. Hey, Kyle, loved loved your post about how you did blah, 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 blah in marketing. I think that's rare. I think it's super smart. We'd love to have you on the podcast to talk about that. Yep. Good. Because then you're getting already engaged people that are already trying to put that content. And like I've already, I've already figured out what I want them to talk about. Like the invite feels a lot better when I'm like, this is exactly what I want you to talk about. Not, Hey, can you come on my podcast? Like I'll say yes to people that say, Hey, we'd love to have you on the podcast and don't provide any type of agenda or roadmap. I'll still say yes. Most of the time. Um, but in order to get the people in, I found that being very specific helps. It also helps you as an interviewer. Yeah. Well, we've done, so we've tried it with two people already that we kind of like trust a lot and people that have well-respected names in our industry, but we sent them like kind of a list of seed questions, you know, and I picked this up just from doing case studies at my own company where mm-hmm. it's good to kind of prep people on the general topics that you're going to talk about. So it's not by any means an exhaustive agenda. We don't even necessarily follow these questions yeah. a lot of times, but yeah. some of these people aren't used to doing podcasts. Did they say so. yes? Yeah. 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 They both, they they definitely asked. They both were like, Hey, like, get me those questions. You know, they said yes. And they're like, you're going to have to, you're going to have a couple different camps on podcasts. Like, I'm in the camp where people send me questions or have a prep session. I don't want any of that stuff. I'm busy. You know what I mean? Like, I'll just show up and talk and I don't need to prepare. I actually prefer not to see the questions because I feel like it comes off more authentic. I think that's rare a lot of people are going to want to see every question and prepare an answer and blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And you well, just we already to... found yeah. is that they kind of talk back as if they were answering the question though. So we, we asked him a question that they were prepared for. And this happened with Brian, for example, Zach, where he was like, yeah, this was a tough one for me. Right. Uh, where it kind of like sounds like they were prepared in advance. Maybe that's some general coaching that we can take care of in the beginning of the podcast. But yeah. And I mean, you're in, you're in a kind of a different space where like, I think people are, don't do podcasts as much. Right. And yeah. so you might just have to like adjust your strategy for them. Um, but as you go and as time goes on, I think more people will be prepared. Yeah. Um, like, again, I wouldn't get caught up. Like these are minor details. It caters into like, for example, one of them had, you know, great audio and video quality and the other one, like half of it. And actually the recording comes in better, Chris, than what it was, what it appeared as live. I don't Mm -hmm. know how zoom like made it record better than the actual live, but Mm -hmm. like it was, it came in very shitty and I was wondering maybe it was my, you know, connection or whatever, but it, it was, you know, his, and you know, so then the question goes out, like, does, 
you know, should you, like, are there ways to make sure that that's going to be good ahead of time? Or is it just, you never know. I mean, I'm assuming you probably don't, maybe you don't run into that because if people are actually doing other podcasts, so they're in marketing. Yeah. And yeah. I just don't, I just don't get caught up in the quality as much, right? Yeah. Like if it skips a little bit, like it's fine. You know, yeah, you know that's, there are tools where you can record locally and figure it out. Like Zencaster is for audio only. Yeah. And so there are tools. It's just like, if there's a little glitch. I kind of like it. Like it feels more raw. Sure. Um, yeah. I'm going to talk about it tonight when we go on demand gen live, but like companies, this is for you, but also for very large companies is they get so caught up in quality that they don't actually do anything. Yep. Right. Like I am going to explain how, if this, my podcast, if I worked for a company that made marketing technology software and this podcast was going through a corporate approval process in their company, none of it would get out. You say, um, too much. You swore one time that person interrupted you. This, they, this person said something that we don't agree with, blah, 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 blah. We'd have zero episodes. Yep. And so it's just like, just go. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. How, I appreciate that. How, how many, um, I guess like full podcasts are you doing in a, in a week? What's your, target? um, the target is minimum three, minimum three. Yeah. So we try and publish, um, Wednesday, Saturday, Monday. And then, you know, at, at some point, the goal, if you're like really trying to do it, the goal would be to post once a day. Um, that's too aggressive for where we are right now, but that's you kind want of it to stay. You don't want to overwhelm your, your committed users either. Right. Cause if they get far behind, sometimes if they're really dedicated, do you find that they might, they might skip out or, or mm. does it really not, does that not matter? Is it just, you know, it's interesting out of content. If, you, if you start, um, if you put out a lot more, I think people would just be more selective in what episodes they listen to. Yeah. I don't know for sure. That's how I do it with people that publish once a, once a day. Um, but minimum three, sometimes we fall back to like one or two, but the goal is minimum three. Yeah. And also if we're doing, if we do five and we want to post minimum three, then we can be more selective. Like, Hey, you know, you, <laughs> the, the interviewer wasn't that great or the topic wasn't cool or blah, blah, blah. Our, our listeners wouldn't enjoy this. You could be more selective. How much do you cut of it? Like, you know, we took, you know, we did, an, we did one for an hour the other day and we were like, well, I think our target is 30 minutes, you know, to do it. Length doesn't it matter. Took an hour, like just fucking post it. No, do not get caught up in the length. Okay. Like we two hour episode or 20 minute minute episode, the quality is what matters. Right. And even on LinkedIn, like all of 10 minute, 10 minutes, the limit. So nine minute videos on LinkedIn versus my 30 second videos. Like sometimes the nine minute ones do better because what I said was better. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, people get, people are confused with length. They're like, people don't want to listen to long things. It's not true. People want good stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. and they'll so, skip around if they're, you know, whatever, you know, they'll, and they'll drop off if it doesn't, you know, keep their interest or whatever. So totally does, yeah. when you look at length, you know, I guess, do you ever, like, how often are you edit? Like, should we be worried about editing them now? Or cause I don't, frankly, I don't have the best editing software, like ready to go. Yeah. I've got the audio file. Like, I just want to let it rip. Is that unacceptable? No. Okay. Let it rip. And when you, when you select your highlight kind of portion, I was just thinking, go back, take, you know, whatever, a couple minute segment that looks really good or sounds good and you know, has a appealing content that I think will draw people in. Is that really just how you pick your... I mean, mine are a little bit more selective. I'll go through waves. Like there'll be a, 
a wave of time where I'll be really talking about a specific topic. It's for whatever reason, just seems to ebb and flow like that. And so I started to cater my, cause I have 700 po- like videos that I haven't posted on LinkedIn yet that I can start to cater to what message I want to send at the beginning. You don't have that luxury because you have limited uh, volume. Yeah. And so, but yeah, clip it. And then if you're interviewing someone, you have to think about how it gets distributed. Right. And so it's, you're interviewing, so you're not going to have a lot of airtime. Yeah. Um, so that's something to think about. So when I interview people, I almost, in, I, I try very hard to be able to insert my point of view in a way that would fit for the micro without making it disruptive to the overall conversation. But the goal was that I think the way that I've done it, at least when I interview people is it's a conversation, not a interview. Yep. Were you actually providing your points of view as well? Yeah, I think yeah. we tried. We 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 tried to 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 do that as well. I think it's a little bit of a balance. We want it to totally. be an interview, but I think you know, Chris and I both have different like different opinions, but are like noteworthy enough that we want we don't want it to just be a, a strictly an interview. Mm-hmm. We do want to build the content of people coming to 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 the to the podcast for us in the future. Yeah. We're just kind of you like now we're not using people, but you know what I mean? Like we we want to like yeah. draw people in with a really Yeah, you're not using people. They're getting a ton out of it too. Yeah. Yeah. I totally totally I had a couple agree. questions if I could. Um, Please. so yeah. Uh, in the beginning, Chris, I forgive me. I forget like when Refine Labs started versus when you started kind of building this space, right? And I wanted to know, you know, from a purely like branding point of view, do you think it's worth Zach and I to start kind of a separate brand, at least on YouTube, to be able to hold this stuff, or like should we be using our own accounts that? may very well go back to middle school for God's sakes. Like, you know, we probably want to start something fresh and have just this content holding in its own place, at least for YouTube. You know, it's going to be our personal LinkedIn, of course. But yeah, personal LinkedIn, just because you're not going to get the visibility if it's not on the personal and you have a network of people that would probably enjoy it. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. And so yeah. I think LinkedIn is personal profile for me to go with on YouTube. I would create a separate channel. Cool. Now, like, Good. is Thank your you. podcast strictly under, like, I know it's the same name, but like when you have thought about it over time, have you tried to, are they separate in your mind or are they really all one company? You know, like if you in the future sell your company, like, is that mm-hmm. all going to go with it? Have you thought about that or does it, you know, are, are they separate? Um, so the key when naming the podcast is a couple of things. One, I wanted to name it so that it's optimized for search and something people want to listen to. So it's very specific. Someone that searches demand gen or demand generation or SaaS demand or whatever are going to hit mine first. Right. Mm-hmm. So one, people that are searching can find it Two, the title makes it very clear that it's for them. Um, and three, that it's disconnected from the company. Okay. Like I, I, it can, it kind of inherits some of the branding, but I really do feel like, like separating your, um, like long form content from the company, both in intent and in just like overall naming people are smart. They're going to figure out that, you know what I mean? They'll figure out that I'm the host of the podcast and this is my company and they can yes. connect the dots on their own. Yeah. And then on the intent side, there's just, and this is more for the people that are listening to this later is like, you, you cannot be just communicating your strategic narrative all day on your podcast. You have to be helping people. Yeah. Um, That's good. There's a lot of parallels there for what we're trying to do. 
Yeah. I mean, I think it sounds like you, you really like you're building your brand as an individual and, and like, you know, what your opinions and, and like things that you can teach people and verse, and, and you do have like a company on the side that you're selling, like that it's selling, but this thing, like your whole goal is not necessarily to sell refined labs. It's, you know, for you to be, you know, thought of as a, you know, a thought leader and people want to come back to you. And then, you know, hopefully they also become interested in, in your company, you know, but if not, like there's still, uh, you know, a devoted follower, somebody that's going to be learning something from you and, you know, yes, potentially longer. Term. And I just, I like, I'm, I, I, I find that people struggle to get over what I'm about to say, which is that like, I'm the podcast is completely separate from the company in, in my mind. Right. Like I actually, I don't expect anyone that listens to the podcast to become a customer. And therefore it allows me to just deliver good information right, without expecting anything back. And so there are tons of people that listen to it that would never buy that go, that go and implement my ideas or our ideas or whoever's, and then go and, um, go and implement them and have success and get a better job or get a promotion or start their own business. And that's awesome. Right. Like, um, and so those, those are just just changing your mindset around it. Yeah. You're just educating. It's almost like you're becoming a teacher for people to, to learn from. And yeah. that's really, you know, you don't, and I think that that's, that's truly the intent that Chris and I had when we went out with this, we, you know, we said we have, we have enough of a network of people to listen to. And, and we figured, you know, why not try and be, there's really not a whole lot of successful podcasts or even that many that we're aware of out totally. there. And we think that the generation is getting to that point where it kind of lags behind like tech, like true tech and true software sales, mm-hmm. but it's not as far behind as like, you know, traditional industrial. So it's like, it's kind of trying to be in that realm. And we figured, Hey, this could be a perfect opportunity. We've seen mm-hmm. some of the things that you've been able to do. And, um, you know, we think that there's a, there's a niche within, you know, a, a much smaller market ultimately, but yeah. something that could be very powerful in the long run. So you know, thank you for first of all, inspiring us. Yeah. Your demographic is definitely listening to podcasts. It just may not be about robots. Yeah. Right. They might be listening to Tony Robbins. Yeah. They might be listening to yeah. something, you know what I mean? They might be listening to something else, but people are listening to podcasts. Yeah, exactly. And so the yeah. goal, the, the thing that you need to get into is out of all of the available options for this segment, how is my information so specific and so valuable that they choose mine over Tony Robbins? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, exactly. Tony, I mean, Rob- I that- Tony Robbins and the big ones are very broad. They're helpful, right? There's no denying that they're super helpful, but you get, you build with being very narrow. Yes. Yeah. We're like going to steal their mind share by being specific to them exactly, and, and so that they choose us over selecting something broad that they probably mm-hmm. all have in their, you know, wherever their drive to work or their, whatever it is, yeah. you know, their free time that they have to listen to podcasts. Totally. Um, Marketing versus demand gen versus mid-market enterprise SaaS demand gen. And as you keep cutting down, it works better. Like we've, we've moved more and more narrow as we've gone on. Yeah. Mm. Well, people, I think people want to hear specific things too. If you're, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to go through and select a specific, it's just like for me right now, when I'm researching startups and what is going to look good for us successfully long-term, you know, you know, when I'm trying to find podcasts or videos or whatever, or, you know, on, when I'm doing my online searches, 
I'm looking for very specific things on how to get friends and family, you know, you know, fundraising and the exact convertible note percentages, mm-hmm. you know, to whatever and get advice. And I'll listen to a three hour podcast on, totally. you know, how to do that and set that up perfectly without using too many lawyers and paying all these extra fees. So I think that that is like from that type of a mindset, we want to take that same thing and apply it to industrial robotics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the, another note, and I'm not sure if this takes us off track, but I, I want to get it in is that um, you can't get caught up in the results early. Like it was, it was months before we had, a hundred people listening to it. It was months before anyone sent me a message. We were publishing once a week, twice a week, three times a week. It was months before someone sent me a message and said, Hey, this was good. Yeah. And so, um, the, the mindset that you need to take is that even if zero people listen to it, I enjoy the process. And you got better and, at it and you get better at it, but you enjoy the process of talking to people networking, learning from them, going through the idea of figuring out how to publish it, learning, right? So you have to enjoy the process of doing it at the beginning, because the results may, may take some time and you have to be conscious of whether it's just needing to take time or you need to adjust your strategy, right? Cause there's plenty of people that have been doing a podcast for five years and nobody listens to it because they don't have distribution. The content's not good. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You know, what, what turned us on to this was obviously seeing yours, but I posted a post on LinkedIn about my brother. I don't know if you saw it, but he sold his first robot and I just posted like a joking post on there. Like, basically saying he's my baby, my baby brother just sold his first robot and like, you know, on a cold call in four days or whatever. And it had like 130 likes on the platform it. Platform right? is crazy. Anyone, 10, anyone that's trying views. to do anything in a B2B or professional environment that's not on LinkedIn with like, I, people thought it was crazy a year ago when I was like, yeah, I spend two to three hours a day on LinkedIn I'm trying to build a business over here. It was the best place to spend my time. Yep. Um, and in, so absolutely yeah. insane. 10,000 people viewed that post in, you know, two weeks or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just like if 10,000 people viewed that and there was nothing good about that, it was just authentic, I guess. Mm-hmm. But, you know, but you can, I just can see how this can generate a lot more than, yeah. you know, and then you drop a link into, Hey, I interviewed him about how he got his first robot sale. Here's the link to the podcast. And you pick up seven subscribers, you pick up 12 yeah. subscribers, you pick up one subscriber and that's how, and then you do it day in and day out and you build over time. Yep. Um, I would push you to, to move, right? Would you, if you got that amount of engagement on that post, you need to move because this, this opportunity is declining, not growing, right? As more people come on and as the platform matures and as more people spend money on ads, the reach will go down. It will end up like Mm -hmm. Instagram is right now, where no matter what you do, you post and you're only going to get a certain amount because there's not enough reach to get exposed to people that aren't, don't follow you. Yeah. So we need to, we need to get on this. All right, Chris, we're posting it tonight. What time, when do you find best time to post? Does it really, LinkedIn does a good job. It seems like to keeping things refreshed in the feeds, but what, how do you go about timing for posting? At the, at the moment, I just, it just works into my schedule, but I've done 7am, 9am today. It was 10:40am. Um, you know, two in the afternoon, five in the afternoon, seven, I've tested them all. Um, and, and honestly, it doesn't make that much, it doesn't make that much of a difference. Right. I do, I go for 9am just because I always have a slot block from 830 to nine to publish it. And so it just, it's better for how it works into my schedule. And then today, like we didn't have the video ready. I didn't have the copy ready. It pushed to 1040 and the video is doing great. Um, the thing that I would say is not too late. 
I think yeah. anytime. I mean, anytime Chris, I think we need to post Eastern. it before work just so that if they come back and they're like, well, you're posting this during working hours. It's like, no, no, we posted it at 7 a.m. During, uh, in, in my calendar every morning slot, 8.30 to 9, LinkedIn posts. Cause I need yep. to, I need to prep it. I need to get it in there and then I need to post it. And I need that amount of time to write the copy. And so, and I just always have it there. No do one you gets select that time. The, the, like, do you select your highlight reel in that same time too? Yeah. I just go in, sort, pick one and then write whatever I feel inspired to write about. I feel like that's the best way because the writing in the post matters a lot. Yeah. Hashtags. Um, um, the, the hashtags, I, I don't have a clear, I can include them still, but I honestly don't have a clear sense about how much they make an impact at the beginning, okay. like a year, year ago, every once in, I mean, it was more than every once in a while for me, but for probably like once, at least once a month, I would get a thing where almost everyone that followed me would get a notification. Chris Walker's post is trending in marketing. I don't see that happening as much anymore on the platform. And so that was the value that I saw is basically everyone would get a note, a push notification that said my stuff is trending in a very broad topic. And that was because of the hashtags you're saying or yeah, because I used hashtag marketing and it said his post is trending in hashtag marketing. Yeah. Okay. So I, I don't see that happening in the platform. Some things have probably changed, which was, I think with the main value, no, very few people are going through hashtag <laughs> marketing and LinkedIn yeah. and sifting through posts. Cause honestly, think, a ton of them are garbage. Like, um, um tagging, like the, the people that you're talking to, or maybe like the ones that you might be referring if you do reference a company or something in there you know maybe they'll like in our first one we were mm-hmm. we we shouted out a few different companies that were sort of broadly mentioned in that that might make sense to you know yeah. add I them. Think that's a skill that you can fine tune over time just don't be spammy like that's yeah. the only that's the only thing is just be selective like i do it very little now because i know that if i whether i tag someone or just write their name most likely they're going to see it um and so at the beginning people do that to try and game the system to tag me so that i like it or comment on it so that they get 50,000 extra views which is just you know people that are at that level understand what you're doing and don't don't really do it. Maybe at the beginning where we get a little more aggressive and it was a true collab, right? Like I'm collaborating with someone else that has 50,000 followers and then I tag him because I'm highlighting his or her content and it's really smart. Like I think that there's places where it can work. I think it all comes down to just being authentic. Okay. Video like, I have a little video camera. We got to buy Chris one. Cause obviously his, he's like, I'm on my personal old laptop right now. <laughs> I'm yeah. there and work it better, but All yeah. good. is it, you know, have you found good usage of like a, is there a cheap camera or cheap? I, use, the, I use a Logitech 4k, um, like 150 bucks plugs in with the USB. It's super simple. Um, what I've found the camera matters, but how I talked to you about the recording at the beginning is what really matters. Like my video looks better than anyone else's on LinkedIn because of how it's recorded, not because of the camera. Plenty of people use a camera like mine, but I figured out how to record it locally in 1080p, which is why my video looks so much better because Zoom's going to compress it before it sends it over the internet to 360 or 480. Mm. Um, and then this like microphone setup, I think you can get it with the boom arm or with a like stand and it comes in at like less than somewhere 200, 300 bucks. Um, which is a good, I think it's a good value. I mean, you know, um, sorry, Chris, you want to ask a question, but I just said the view helps as well. Yeah. The view, the view does help. Well, it looks like the skyscraper is only getting bigger over there and they're they're building up over here. My God. Like there's like a new one every time I watch a video. (laughs) Uh, The, uh, I've got this like nice, like a couple hundred dollar, like mic that I I listened to it. I thought it was good, but then I, I listened to the one that Chris had with his headphones on 
and not 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 uh, you, Chris Walker, Chris Savoyo, the one you had just on the same call, and it was definitely better with the just like the microphone mm-hmm. on. Is it what do you again? Think? Don't get don't get caught up in it. Like okay. you can figure those things out later, but don't let it stop you. Like that mic will be fine. The, right. the quality of the especially at the beginning, the quality of the information and the quality of the distribution is more important than the quality of the content the video or the, or the audio. The, yeah, the actual yeah, video and audio quality. Okay. Um, I, we did, I, I, I stumbled into using zoom and recording that with the audio and the video. It worked great. I mm-hmm. could not have, I bought whatever it was, $14 a month membership to, to zoom premium. Mm-hmm. I think it's like, that is clearly uh, really good stuff. Um, you know, I think that there are some other things I, like, I think you were saying that you can record 1080i. There's a couple of like screen recording, you know, sites that do that stuff. Um, I, I'm sure you don't want to give all your secret sauce away, but give away everything, man. Just, it's just quick, quick time in the background. So zoom and quick time record at the same time. Quick time is just my side. Zoom is the entire thing. And they both come through the same camera and then, and then you get both, you have the long form with everyone involved on zoom and then you get your own clips if you want them with quick time. Cool. The only, the only, thing with that is that you don't get high def for anyone else that you're talking with. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, these are, these are the quick questions that we, that I, I really had. I mean, honestly, this is, you know, this is a lot of extra research, just being mm-hmm. able to, to grab it from somebody that knows, knows what they're doing. I love the encouragement of just like, stop fucking waiting. Um, because yeah. clearly like even LinkedIn, even the comments you made about it changing from hashtags, uh, and saying trending, you know, obviously they're changing all the time. It's going to become oversaturated at some point. And right now it is, you know, even stupid posts about your brother can get 10,000 views. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's something that like we want to take advantage of and and get a, I get a following so that it doesn't matter when they change in the future because you're already you know, baked in. You've already grabbed it, right? Like even if, even if the audience, my, my LinkedIn audience goes away tomorrow or my posts stop getting viewed so much, all the value has already been extracted. Yep. Like people think that it's gone forever. Like now they're listening to the podcast. We have a ton of customers. There's word of mouth going on. We're in these communities. A ton of people know about me, right? Like the value has been extracted. I don't need to capture everyone's email address so that it can be my data. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think just, uh, like getting started. And then when you're, in, when you're in the details, when you're like really actually doing it is when you notice all the things, right? Like I know what, what, that there's really no impact to my content during the time post because I've done it. Yep. And so when you, when you get out of the, like trying to figure out what is the optimal way and you just start doing, you learn what the optimal way is. Yeah. I, I realize I have another question actually. Yeah, go I, ahead. One, one other thing that I realized that I definitely did on the first one was like, I was, I, we booked, we booked time and we booked them back to back. So we were like, let's get two done at the same time. Let's just gather it all. We, Cause we're already going to record. So let's just do another one right back to back. We were up against a timeline. So I was kind of, you could tell that I was kind of, I started to be like, well, I don't want to cut off this conversation, but I want to ask you this other question or whatever. Yeah. I know we only at a time or like, I'd be like, well, not to change the top, but like you can tell that I, my transition was like, I'm all get better at, at it, of course, mm-hmm. but I, it was definitely way choppier than I had wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. You have like, is your recommendation to just let it free, free, keep free flowing. Or like, if you notice whether you're on, maybe there is a time crunch 
or, you know, maybe the content is starting to get a little stale or they're getting really specific into something that like, you know, like you think people might not really care about Mm -hmm. you try and redirect or how do you like, what, what is your approach on the redirection? I guess. Um, so two points on this, on the time limit, at least for me as someone that's being interviewed, my, uh, my peak content comes at minutes 30 to 90. Joe Rogan has people on a, on a three hour podcast for a reason. It's because it takes time to get to the good stuff. And so I would encourage you to record longer if possible, especially as you get, maybe you won't be able to command that time at the beginning, but over time, um, extending it out, I think has been really helpful. You get to a lot of the the good stuff toward the, toward the middle end. Um, and then on the, on the redirection side, it's just like, feel it out. And the other thing is like, if you record it and you don't like it, you don't have to post it. Yeah. Right. Have you, ever so, done a, have you ever done a re-interview? Cause you're like, wow, I just like, I really botched that, but you had great we, content. We had to do one once cause I forgot to hit record. Um, <laughs> that's the only time I've never had to do one because it was like, Hey, that didn't land. Um, because in that case, like maybe the topic wasn't right. Or then we revisited in six months, but like, um, I'm busy. Like I'm not going to cut once and then be like, Oh, I wish we had talked about that and then redo the whole thing. It's just like, Mm -hmm. just move. Cool. Cool. I mean, we would definitely, we would definitely love to interview it, uh, interview you at some point and have you on. I think it would be like, you know, it could be a good target audience for you because I, I would, I wouldn't be surprised if that's an area that you could see a lot of growth in. And, you know, you have such, you, you deliver so well that it would be, a, it would be cool to, uh, to get you on at some point. I, I forward you to a lot of my marketing managers because we love webinars. <laughs> you are <laughs> trying to get them off that a little bit. Yeah. All, and I mean, uh, it's just, based, so. even so, like, it's not even about the webinar. It's about the intent of the webinar and how it's distributed later. Yep. Right. And so like this, you could consider this a webinar with three people. It's just yeah, that yeah. the the thought process around it is different and then how it's distributed is different. So it's not necessarily the act of the webinar. It's just changing people's mindset about why they're doing it. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's more interesting than a webinar, um, even though it's so similar. And I think I mm-hmm. would, I think it's just wild that, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think we'll see, this could see a lot of success and, you know, we would, uh, yeah, I think the one thing that webinars struggle with is they struggle to really keep a good dialogue that keeps, you know, where people are truly interested. I think that they tend to just push, you know, like a product typically. So that's why it's there. That's the intent side. Yeah. That a webinar is Mm -hmm. there to, to sell a product or push the company's agenda, not to have the audience actually get something good out of it, which is, which is tough, which is why people don't like them and don't attend them or don't watch the recordings people, and all this. I think people like hate yeah. the term webinar too. They're like, oh, yeah, I mean, people have been burned so much and it's the, it's honestly, it's the same thing that's going to happen everywhere. Right. So in S if you look at SEO in 2004, it was very smart people writing very good content that people wanted to read. Now it's a bunch of garbage that people are keyword stuffing and doing things like that. LinkedIn at the beginning, it's a lot of smart people publishing their thoughts about the things that are good over time. A lot of garbage is going to come in. The same thing happens with email. The same thing happened with webinars. Every time it's good stuff at the beginning, it works. The masses come in and ruin it. (laughs) 
<laughs> and that's why it's important to get there at the beginning. Cause if you're there at the beginning, it means that you're there for the right reasons. Yeah. Well, we can keep that secret between us. <laughs> cool guys. So, um, yeah, if you want to have me get through 10 episodes and I'll do episode 11 with you. And well, yeah, um, we want to gain a little bit of a following so that people actually like, cause I, I think doing it too, at, too early, people aren't going to know, you know, aren't going to be listening to us and it's not going to be as worth it for yeah, you. And it's not even, it's not even whether or not it's worth it for me. It's just to hold you accountable to getting through 10. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I like it. Good stuff. Well, all right, we'll guys. Thanks, great, Chris. great, great, great to see you. A lot. Talk to you hey, all soon. We'd love to get together, grab a beer here at some point. Uh, hopefully COVID is treating you well and uh, you look good and uh, look like you're, you're doing well online. So uh, yeah, man, down, down for that. Get, uh, get everyone together. We'll go to the Broadway or something. Sounds good. Yeah, cool. Cool. See you later. Later. Take later, care. Guys. Bye. Yeah. Yeah.